guys, happy Christmas, Merry New Year. Hope you had a good Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Hope the elections all turned out. But, uh, welcome to Film Nerds Hour. This will be coming out between Christmas and New Year's, probably. I think this will be on New Year's. Oh, hope 2021 is a better year. Yeah. Well, we can all help, right? Yeah, fingers crossed. Cross my fingers, cross my toes, cross my... But, uh, as you guys know, as we said last week, today we are talking about Dr. Sleep from 2019. Yeah, which uh, is a great movie that has Hugh McGregor in it. So, I mean, I if, that, if that doesn't get you on board, come yeah. on. And I don't I don't recognize... I don't. I think she might be new, but the girl who played the main girl, she's, she's great as well. I believe she's new to the scene, but I don't remember them saying or showing uh, her being introduced, which they usually do for new actors. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't remember her being in any other things before. But, uh... We can pull that up, though. I'm getting, the, I'm getting the vibe from her of the same that I got from the girl who played X-23 in Logan. Like, you, you're going places. You're doing stuff. Yeah, Daphne Keene. Great, great actress. Yeah, what else? What, she was in a show, wasn't she? Yep, his Dark Materials. That's right, yeah. And that's still currently running. Yeah, Dr. Sleep, uh, she has been in uh, Kylie Curran, who plays Abra Stone. She has been in, let's see. The only other movie she's... Uh, Benin is, it looks like another movie called I Can, I Can, I Will Did. Okay. I Can, I Will, I Did. That's okay. that's an interesting title, but okay, cool. Apparently uh, it's a, a drama film. Okay. But anyway, um, let's catch you up to speed. Uh, we, because we're just, oh yeah, where can they watch it? Sorry, I keep... Yeah, uh, if you guys want to check this out, it we're, is available We're watching the standard on... cut, two and a half hours, not the three-hour director. Yeah, we'll do that in another episode. Um, but you can right now watch it on HBO Max with a subscription, uh, Hulu or Amazon Prime with a premium subscription, probably with the HBO Max uh, trial as well. And then you can buy it right now on Vudu, YouTube, and Google Play Movies and TV for fourteen ninety nine, And it's worth it. And it comes yeah. with the... Uh, director's cut edition i believe as well and if you guys want to go pick it up on blu-ray uh i think it should be fairly cheap like 10 50 bucks now and you you get both discs uh on blu-ray directors and digital copy digital copy uh and the regular theatrical cut but the code also gives you both versions both the theatrical and director so that's, that's right that's cool um and one one other last note too about the director michael uh, flanagan mm-hmm. he did haunting on hill house uh, so the first three episodes are extended in his uh, DVD versions as well. So this is yeah. really cool. And I have the DVD edition of uh, Haunting of Hill House. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, if you guys want to watch it real quick and then just come back and listen to us talk about it. Or if you just don't care, uh, we'll just talk about it for you. But, uh, yeah, that is starting right now. So um, it opens up its post... The events of The Shining. So we got young Dan Torrance, played by someone else, obviously. Yeah, which I can take a look here at who they played. It's a... It's a kid, but... It's definitely interesting. We have uh, Roger Dale Floyd playing a young Danny Torrance. Yeah. So he, um... 
he has like a bad dream or something and he goes out into his outside he goes out of his room to a bathroom and then we see the curtain opening in the bathroom and it's the naked woman from room 237 yeah yeah from the from the uh mm-hmm. film adaptation of course yeah yeah and she um she's like doing the classic creepy thing but he like he stands in the hallway pees himself his mom comes and it's a different actress again playing wendy alex aso yeah as wendy torrance but we know it's her because she calls him doc she looks she they they did really well at making her look like shelly duvall they good casting choice bravo to them right I mean, minus the big eyes, she really does have this very uh, identical facial structure and skinny figure and neck that Shelley mm-hmm. Duvall has. Yeah. But after that, he starts, he's talking to, um, it shows him talking to, what's the character's name? I can never remember. Dick. Dick, yeah. Which is played by uh, Carl Lumby in this film. Yes. You would recognize his voice as the Martian Manhunter from the Justice League cartoons, or, uh... Martian Manhunter's dad and Supergirl. So, he, I, yeah, I love this actor. He's great. But he's talking with him. And he says that Dan's talking about how he was visited by the ghosts. And they're talking about, like, Shining and stuff like that. Because it's his ghost talking to him. Because he was killed in the first movie. But he, um, he's like, here's what, here's a trick I learned to get rid of my grandfather. Because he talks about his grandfather's ghost. And how he dealt with that. Imagine a box in your mind and when you see them put them in that box and lock it in your mind and never open it and then later that night he does it to the woman and it works pretty simple but it's very important for later on in the story yeah it is an, and, and the, one of the things I really I really like is um, is the fact that he is basically kind of like the, the first ghost element throughout this movie yeah, it's really cool. Which I believe in the novel as well is uh, something that they allude to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is also a very cool kind of um, nod to nod to the novel as well. Yeah, but at the same time, um, there's this little girl named Violet who we find out she has the shine. But she goes off to get some flowers at this like camping site way far off, but it's the same time. And uh, she finds... This woman sitting picking flowers, wearing a hat, and she, they have a nice, they have a this little dialogue where she says that her name is Rose the Hat. And if you saw the trailers, or you kind of just can tell a general vibe, this is our villain. Or if you've read the novel, of course. Yeah, this is our villain. And as they're talking, the girl like she's showing her magic tricks, but the girl she like looks to the right and sees a person just standing there. And then the more she does it, the more people just seemingly show up. And then they all, like, very quickly and very frighteningly just, like, surround her. And it doesn't show us what happens, but we get shown what happens later. It's a very it, Pennywise moment, Mm -hmm. but if there was more than one with Georgie. Exactly. It's very unnerving. Yeah. Go ahead. Something that Michael Flanagan did so well with this was really kind of giving the horror-esque vibe. Um, Because, you know, overall, I feel like Dr. Sleep is not as horror no as the shining it it deals a lot with substance abuse and just demons and letting go of your past yeah and a lot of the supernatural mm-hmm. but don't let that uh don't let me saying that fool you it's still scary there is 
a lot of horror elements that mm-hmm. still stay true to what Stephen King wrote mm-hmm. um, and his style of writing. And it, and it really reflects both Stanley, both Stephen King's uh, novel, even though it was changed to fit Stanley Kubrick's, Kubrick's version. But it also respects Stanley Kubrick's vision still. Mm-hmm. It still mm-hmm. honors that a lot from just its cinematography shots to... The soundtrack. The soundtrack. One of the things I love about this soundtrack and you'll notice when you watch it, and it's... Ugh, I wish I saw it in theaters to experience this, but I, I noticed it... was great it, in theaters. Huh? It was great in theaters. I had a feeling. But um, you'll notice it if you're watching it and you're wearing, like, headphones. Randomly, they'll put in the sound of a heartbeat. Like, just a very... Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 like, a thumping. And it's just random throughout the movie, and it stops randomly. But it's like... It just gives it this feel... That I love, like it just makes you like paranoid. Yeah, yeah, because like, you, not only does the scene already make you feel tense, but hearing that just instinctively as humans makes us feel tense. So it's just like, congratulations, here we are. Like, which is one of the few things that you know The Shining did, uh, which I think I don't think we really mentioned in the our coverage of The Shining. We might that, not, but we can mention it now. Yeah, which is definitely something that you know The Shining had little little sounds to it. Yeah. And it is one of those things like uh you know when I when I went to see the Empire Strikes Back like a couple weekends ago or so mm-hmm. um from the time we're recording this uh one of the things I noticed was how many little sounds there were in theaters mm-hmm. that you never notice unless you had like I have a I have a Samsung phone mm-hmm. uh and it's got uh Adobe Atomos on it. Right. Um into which, when you turn it up to a certain length, it literally sounds like you were in an IMAX theater. That's cool. It surrounds you literally, and both with and without your headphones if it's on. That's cool. Yeah, That's really and cool. you hear literally everything. Mm-hmm. So it is awesome when you when you can hear something and watch The Shining on digital or something and have that with a phone like that and hear every little you know detail and every little mischievous sound that's going on in the background mm-hmm. but so then we cut um it's years and years later like um 20 2011 yeah 2011 and danny is now an adult played by ewan mcgregor you, you would probably know from star wars fame or was it 2011 or was it 2013 it was 2011 okay because when it picks up he gets the eight you know. right, right right so but he's, he's not doing well. He's got the very shaggy facial hair. He's very unkempt. But he wakes up next to a girl who's naked and she's got vomit next to her. He's on a mattress on the floor. And then he gets flashes of what he remembers from the night before. He was drinking at a bar, met the girl, got in a bar fight. She got cocaine. But then um, he, he, he like looks in his wallet. It's empty. And then he reaches into her wallet and takes her money and he hears dick voice saying like don't take her money and he's like well she probably took mine to buy the drugs but then he sees a kid her 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 kid presumably yeah so he just sets the kid next to the girl and leaves and we find out in a later scene uh when he's sleeping because he gets woken up by the ghost of that woman and that baby so apparently she died and as a result so did the kid that's got to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes part of what makes, you know, 
given Ewan McGregor's performance mm-hmm. and given Danny's ability to add to the shine. So not even just having that knowledge, it's it really shows that Danny is so connected. Yeah. But how much he's become his dad and went from just somebody innocent who he could have been with mm-hmm. the shine and his gift uh, is that it's almost as if Dick and the shine are really trying to tell him something because, yeah. you know, most people can just shag that off as, well, it could have been anything that killed him where it's right in Danny's face like you by taking that money it could have been that she didn't wake up but also by taking that money they could she... have just starved because she was a coke addict yeah exactly so who knows who knows but then he gets on a bus and he goes where is this it's like New Hampshire I think somewhere yep yeah yeah right, good guess on my part but he runs into Bill Billy who I love Billy who is uh, played by Cliff Curtis, who's in uh, Fear the Walking Dead as the uh, stepdad. Yeah, he's in a lot of he's in a lot of stuff. He's a good actor, but he talks to him, and they have like a nice little back and forth because he's working on like the small model scale of the town that they're in. It's like a little small town, and he's like he he trusts him, so he finds him a place that he can rent out, and he pays the first two weeks of rent for it. And then, this room is interesting because it's like an attic room. It's got a chalkboard on it. Which is literally the wall, which is actually yeah. pretty cool. It's almost well, like... They explained the last person who lived there was a math major. So he did, like, calculus on it. Which I think is really cool because not only could it double as a professor, but, you know, just being somebody as creative as me, that'd be, that'd be cool to have, like, an artist sketch out your designs or just a filmmaker to be like, mm-hmm. what can I do? I'm sorry, am I boring you? <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like what could i do to uh come up with a shot or something or, exactly you know, have all your lists and your daily plans yeah but so then he like he has that bad dream and he wakes up and goes to bill and bill takes him to an aa meeting wherein he gets a 24 hour being sober chip because usually when he saw when he saw the two ghosts he would usually then, it would mean he would go back to drinking because he's really just drinking to forget who he is. Because a lot of it is like anything else. If you suppress, if you mess up your brain and scramble it, then it suppresses whatever shine or whatever that you have, which is the case of a lot of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Which that, is something... They explain that too later on. And like, like when we get to modern day, shines aren't as common as they were. And they don't know if it's from kids getting prescribed depression medication or Adderall or just watching too much Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> like, they don't know. They don't know why. But, yeah, which is kind of interesting, too, because all Stephen King's movies are interlooped. Mm-hmm. So it almost makes me wonder if there's a reason that uh, Rose, uh, Rose and the rest of her gang did not find Billy. Yeah. Or anybody, because you had to think that um, Mike had to have a little bit of shine. Well, too. they explain everybody has a little. Well, I think well, Billy definitely had more than the others, but I feel like Mike probably had a little bit more too than the others of the Losers Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so then, um, he, uh, the doctor who's running the AA, talks to him. He tells him. Because the doc's like, he's rubbing his wrist, and he goes, oh, you're missing your watch. 
you left it on the soap dispenser at the hospital after you did the surgery with the girl with something and he guesses it completely right and then he like gets him into his office and his office looks exactly like the overlook hotel office like to a t which scares the crap out of me because i'm like oh no what is this is he dreaming what's going on you know yeah and i mean it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of cool sell stuff like that too yeah and it you can see the progression of him kind of you know coming out of a shell and reconnecting with the shine more and more yeah but he gets he gets him a job as a hospice nurse which my mom has been a hospice nurse not an easy job to do both You're literally around people who know they are going to die well yeah but it can't be just physically but mentally too exactly exactly but he he has this job and he's there and he sees this cat that goes into a room and it sits on an old man's bed and the old man goes, he, he, he talk he says something akin to, oh, it's my time to go because the cat's here. And like, I guess every time this cat has sat on someone's bed, it means they're minutes away from dying to which I would be like, can we get rid of the cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be one thing. But in a sense too, I mean, it's a comfort animal. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, animals will always know instinctively when your time is drawing near. Yeah, that's true. But he talks to the guy. He's like, can I get you somebody? Can I get you help? And he goes, no, no, it's okay. And he, like, uses his shine to, like, soothe him and make him peaceful and, like, make him not scared of the end. It's really, it's a really sweet moment, really. Because he finally has that realization of, oh, it can be useful to someone, you know? Yeah. Which I think helps really helps Danny in a way to to feel like he belongs somewhere, uh-huh. and that his gift is you know doesn't have to just be a curse. It can be something that he can use to help others, despite what pain it's mm-hmm. brought him in the past. Exactly. But um, then we we cut to around the same time. There's this eight year old girl at a at her birthday party, and there's like a magic trick happening. And this guy, like, uses these spoons that he sticks to his hands. And she's like, I can do that. And the guy kind of blows it off. But then when her dad and her mom go in to get uh, stuff for everyone to eat the cake, uh, the spoons are all doing that same, like, floating thing off the nose, but on the ceiling. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. If If my kid was doing that, I'd be like, okay, number one. We need to take you to see some kind of specialist, because I don't know what the frick is happening. Number two, it's possible we need to hide you from the government, because they're probably going to try and take you away from me. And number three, this is going to be very expensive. <laughs> well, I think more or less that... Um, more or less, that's a, that's probably what they were thinking of, is like... What happens? What happens if somebody figures that out? Yeah, exactly. Which is a thing that they hide throughout the movie from everyone. They that they say, they say that. But um, so this is Abra, and she's she if if Danny's the main character, she's the secondary main character, or vice versa. There are points where she's more the main character than he is. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, which I know, you know, given the novel though, given the written story, mm-hmm. the you know. Abra is the main focus yeah. of the novel, and she is supposed to be the the next major shiner, too. Yeah, which is cool. 
cool. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, given that her, she becomes a little bit more of the focus, it's kind of, kind of nice. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be kind of a passing on. Exactly. Passing of the torch. But him and Abra, they start talking via the chalkboard. Yeah, which is something that's really cool because, you know, a lot of it is Danny's fear. And the reason that they communicate through the uh, chalkboard is so that Danny doesn't necessarily have to answer back. Yeah, he has a choice. Yeah, while while he's trying to, to deal with this... He doesn't necessarily want to fully connect with the shine yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's kind of like a little bit of faith for him, for him to kind of bring himself a little bit more towards that, and that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, and like also the during this we get uh, like we'll just touch on it for a second, but we get that group of uh, people who were eating because we find out later they they're shiners who eat shiners. It's yeah, they it's suck like a the shine. Yeah. But essentially, the shine is linked to your soul as well. Yeah. It's like a drug. It makes them live very long. We find out one of their characters was alive during, like, ancient Roman times. But they recruit a new character. Like, there's there's more detail than that, but I don't feel like it's as necessary to touch on. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, like you said, the basic drift is that these people they're horrible are, people they're horrible people who favor their own lives over others and are essentially willing to kill people yeah. just so that they could possibly prolong their own lives they, they make me paranoid if i ever see any groups of people camping <laughs> it's kind of like the hillbilly trope <laughs> of those who live out like kind of like the wrong turn movies yeah. but if they were not inbred mm-hmm and deformed and were more just outcasts yeah they're very nomadic yeah yeah but there's like there's some characters that i like like the crow who uh, he's 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 a native american actor who's in a lot of stuff yeah zon mclaren plays crow daddy he's crow daddy great name uh he's in like god he's in he's in longmire as a tribal police officer he's he he's in the Braven as a a junkie. Like he he's a really good actor who not a lot of people know about. Like usually if you see him, it's your first time seeing him and stuff, which is a bummer to think about because he needs more recognition. Uh, then the girl who plays um. What is it? It's like. Snake bite or something. Yep. She is, is. She's a. Snake bite or snake bite Andy. Yeah, and that's because when they find her, she's like. She tur- she catfishes pedophiles and then uses her mind powers to make them, them think they got bit by a snake and make them stop doing that kind of creepy stuff. Yeah, well, also, for some of them, she makes it so that way they can tell their wives. Yeah, makes them what confess. They are. <laughs> Which is really, it's a, it's a thing that makes me root for this character, but we'll get to a point where I hate this character. <laughs> Yeah, cause she she starts off with the right mindset, we'll yeah. just say for now. But then she kind of gets askew. But then the other character I like is the grandpa. Right? That's what they call him? Because he was <laughs> yeah. in Gerald's game. As the tall man. I think Which I, I never finished that yet. Okay. Great book, um, great movie. 
Yeah, Carl Strucken. He's got he's got quite the face. Those those red eyes going yeah. at that though is fucking terrifying. Terrifying dude. Terrifying dude. I'm sure he from what I heard, he's a gentle giant, which means he's a huge dude, but he's just very kind and oh, sweet. Yeah, I, I believe I get it. that vibe. But like I would never wanna like Piss him off. I would I, every word I would say to this man would be carefully calculated for at least three minutes. Because <laughs> you don't want to see that, oh, what stocks the fields? I'm going to say something bad, and then all of a sudden his eyes actually turn red, and you're like... Exactly. Exactly. It's just very unnerving. Oops. But so then it cuts to um, eight years later. Uh, Danny's got his eight-year sobriety chip, which brought to him. We were talking about addiction stuff in the shining episode as well yeah which is uh still stands if you guys uh have heard that episode yeah yeah mm-hmm. no it's very hard to reach out and and that's one of the things i love about this movie too because one of the things that he emphasizes too is that it's not just for him no it is for his father jack torrance yeah who only got as far as five months but he wanted to get where he is and we all know if you've seen the shining or you've listened to ours you know why yeah he yeah. only made it five months. Yeah, that's a plot point. But um, so he got the, he has the name at the hospice center of Doctor Sleep is what they call him, because even though he's not a doctor, he he helps you he eases you to sleep when it's your time. And we see him he's another patient, and it's really nice. Like it's and he's like he's shaved like he's very much like this is my life now, and I'm happy, and I can keep going. Like I can do it. You know, which it's good to see him in that positive light. Yeah, and it, it is nice to see that you know, in such a dark situation, he he relieves these people. Yeah, he helps them. And I think that's also what makes Danny such a more credible character is because of how how uh, how well he uses his his, uh, his powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also, we see Abra again. She's a teenager now. I'd say what, 13, 14? Something like that? I'd say about 14, 15, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. But she's like, she's got her powers on tap. Like she doesn't, which, she keeps them kind of locked away. Which I want to point out too, because we kind of, we breezed over that. Rose the Hat is played by Rebecca Ferguson. She's great. She is great. Um, and she has been in the Mission, Bull, Mission Impossible movies, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Yep. She's been the greatest showman, girl on a train, life, men in yep. black, uh, international, the snowmen, and many more. Yeah. She'll also be in the upcoming Doom movie and mm-hmm. the next uh, Mission Impossible movies, uh, 7 and 8. That's so. cool. Good for her. Yeah. Great actress. But, so, Abra, she, like... She, her, she starts to sense Rose and the other let, let's what do we what should we call him what should we give him an acronym a shining a shine bond shine, is that what they're called in the book I don't know I shine hunters how about that shine cameras oh you're talking about the the group yeah I, I call them yeah shine hunters yeah cannibals yeah but um or the shine eaters she starts to sense her and then Rose and the gang, they're running low on, like, they're starving, essentially. Because, like we said before, modern day, not a lot of shine to go around. But they, uh, then they find the baseball kid, right? 
Yeah, who is played by uh, Jacob uh, Tremblay. Tremblay, yes, Tremblay. He's in uh, The Predator. He was in uh, Good Boys. Is that the movie? Yeah. He was in Good Boys. He was in Room, which is a... Room uh, is fantastic. Regardless of what your opinion is, Brie Larson, her performance in there is absolutely killer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, regardless of your opinion of her yes. as a person, she earned that Oscar. Bravo. He's also in Wonder. Uh, this remember that Room is something I definitely recommend. Yes, it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. It is Room, not The Room with Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Both room. great movies, but Room. Yes. Yeah, you will only find the Tommy Wiseau. Tommy movie. Wiseau. If you look up The Room, yeah, so, so look, look up, up room. room 2015 if that helps you. Yeah, there you go. Or uh, room breathers. But he's he's a kid who like he's playing baseball, and people say like he can read the pitcher's mind. And the person who says that line is actually it's a cameo from the kid who played Dan Torrance in the original Shining. That's fun. Yeah. And he's a teacher now. He is a teacher, and he kind of looks. Uh, Danny Lloyd kind of looks. Got the creepy look like. Yeah. Chuck Nicholson. Yeah. But he did keep his eyes and nose, like that look. That's cool. If you kind of look at him mm-hmm. side by side when he was a kid. So, that's kind of cool. He's still got that youngish look to him. Yeah. But the kid who plays baseball, he gets taken. And they take him to like this, uh, it looks like a plant for, I think it's a plant for gasoline. Distilling and making gas. But they, uh, they kill him. And they don't, like, show the stabbing and the stuff, but they, you hear it, you see blood, you hear him screaming, it's awful. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little overdone, but Mm -hmm. I think it was very necessary for you to really understand just how vile these are, and it really makes you can only imagine what they did to Violet. Exactly, exactly. Um, So, I think it is one of those undeserved suffering that you really (sighs) needed... So undeserved. ...to to have it, in order to understand the severity Mm. of... Just how horrible and vile these people are. Exactly, exactly. But um, it's a crazy thing because Abra gets like a tick of it, and she like feels it. Like you get the sense that she feels this kid's pain and him dying. Which is a callback to uh, Danny feeling feeling the pain of Dick being asked by his dad in The Shining. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Um. Which, again, is something I really, I really like. I like, I really love the idea of having that kind of force connection. Because it's something that's really neat, but it's not Star Wars. It's really its own thing, and it seems, in a sense, even more realistic. Right. Down to Earth. You could feel that. Because, in a way, we're all spiritually connected in many forms, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that kind of, you know, ability is really, really cool. Because you know, if you're kind of like me, I'm a bit of a more emotional person. So you know, when I'm when I'm around people or people I care about, I can usually tell when something's wrong because I get yeah. a gut reaction. So exactly, I really liked how this was still done and really how they made it a very important element within yeah. Doctor Sleep because it's identifiable. Yeah, and it's very. It's a very familiarized feeling. Mm-hmm. But then, like, later on, she, um, she talks to... Oh, yeah, she, like, in her, like, 
rage of feeling this kid's death, she like she destroys the chalkboard in Dan's apartment and makes it spell murder. And it spells red rum in the mirror, which is a nice touch. And yeah, and he like tries to help her through it a bit by like talking to her on the chalkboard. But then like they also like just talk talk via the shine for a bit, don't they? Yeah, Danny becomes more comfortable in realizing that he had these same things and that he yeah. needed a mentor to understand mm-hmm. and. He realizes that it's not something you can just kind of blow off forever. It's something that needs it to be guided. With you. Yeah. Yeah. But so then, um, he tells her not to look for these people because he knows that whatever they are, they are most certainly dangerous, which we can tell as well. Um, they're. So then she, like, but she does it anyway. She finds Rose and they kind of become linked for a bit. For the course of the, for the rest of the movie, really. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, like, so powerful that, like, when Rose tries to latch onto her, she, like, makes her fly across the room, like, states away, which is crazy to me. Like, that's how powerful she is. It's, like, over 10,000 miles, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... She's definitely way more equipped than Danny was as a kid, so she is... The, I would use one the, of the term prodigy, for sure. I, she's one of the brightest shiners. Yeah. Which is something that they really emphasize in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she, um... Abra kind of blows off school the next day. Because she's going to tell Dan in person about all of it. Which she does. Meanwhile, Rose and the group, they're trying to track her down. And Crow Daddy asks, is this someone we want to eat? Or is this someone we want to turn? And she immediately is like, eat her. Because... And you agree with this, I'm sure. Rose kind of gets the feeling that if they bring her into the group, she's going to become the de facto leader and not her. Because she already knows she is way more powerful than her. Yeah. Might not be as experienced, but given time, she could definitely just, yeah. Well, it's that raw, raw Anakin strength. Exactly. Unhinged, uncontrolled, unfiltered. It's like how Thor had to have Mjolnir in the MCU to channel his power. Yeah. But he was way stronger without it. But it's something that, you know, it's kind of your training wheels. Exactly. Exactly. So they're like, all right, well, we'll try to find her. And then the oldest member of their group dies. And I love this scene because it really shows that, like, they have... This scene gave me the vibe that they don't have any honor or respect, really. Because she's comforting him through death. He's very... He looks like he's in a lot of pain. And then he dissipates. And then they do not hesitate to just suck up his life force. It is literally like a crack house. It really is. The moment that they get something that they're more concerned about. Yeah. It's... mm. And, you know, that is something that... Really, though. Really what... Gives this such such a great story and what continues it in the movie vein of being so great is that um it gives the sense of addiction Mm -hmm. of how important it is in the shining uh continuity and universe addiction is 
the main driver of why yeah i think you know like the spirits exist Mm -hmm. somebody had to be obsessed and addicted to having as much money and resources as they possibly could to build that hotel exactly it's a matter of uh i wouldn't say addiction more lust yeah desire and lust greed and Greed. greed um and i think that is the perfect uh one of the perfect things that is done and balanced both in the shining and dr sleep exactly yeah so then um uh, oh yes so she goes to meet abra goes to meet uh danny in person and they talk for a bit, and she's like, I think I can try and find them if I can. And he goes like, no, what was I just saying? Like, why did you try and find her before? Like, no. Like, just stay out of this. He tells her just like, don't get yourself involved. It's not your problem. It's not your fight. It's not my fight. He just wants to keep living his normal life. Because he, for once in his life, he's doing well. He's happy, you know? Yeah. And that's our thing, because this is the first time that he's found any sort of peace yeah you in, have a sense for sure in in such a long time and he wants to help but he also doesn't want to uproot himself because mm-hmm. <clears throat> i don't believe him yeah it's the same with if with iron man in endgame like you get the sense that he wanted to help but he also didn't want to risk losing his family he also he finally found a bit of peace in something that he's yeah. good at mm-hmm. he finally wasn't a playboy he, he was finally wasn't an addict he was a dad he was a family man mm-hmm. and for once he could be a superhero that he wanted to be yeah not what everybody else wanted him to be but something the that world he didn't need iron man anymore and he was okay with that for once yeah he became accepting really realizing that mm-hmm. it is what it is and i think that Danny tried to try to do that too, but it's very hard because mm-hmm. he lost everything from yeah. that hotel. He oh, lost yeah. that took everything. From everything, him. not at like a young age, such a young age. Even his mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody can go back from that. No, God no. What was supposed to be something that really was supposed to heal the family completely tore it away. Mm-hmm. So then he um. Yeah, so Avril goes back home, but then, like, Rose tries to find her, and, like, she's inside of Abra's mind, which looks like a bunch of, like, it looks like a bunch of, um, like, boxes, like, filing folders, you know? Yeah, which is a great metaphor for the mind. Yeah, it really is. That was one of the things I saw in theaters, and I was like, that is visually amazing because mm-hmm. all of our minds do exactly work like that exactly and she's like she starts looking through the folders but then like Avril's like oh no i've been awake this whole time and she like crushes her hand in the filing and then goes in her mind and starts looking through her stuff and her stuff is like we're ta- like if if Avra's brain is a bookshelf this woman's brain is like a cathedral beauty in the beast library like gigantic but she's, like, looking through stuff really fast, just trying to find anything, anything. And then Rose breaks out and breaks free. And and then she's like, uh, yeah. Well, no, she physically tears she her tears hand. She tears her hand out, yeah, to break out, break free from that hole. Into which, when they disconnect... Her hand still hurt. It's not, it, it's not nearly to that level. No, but it is damaged. 
a mm-hmm. sense, she did lose some skin like she did. Yeah. Well, it's a great connecting. It's a great shot when she goes back because she you see her like fly from the world back into her own body, but the momentum's still going, so she flies off of the camper that she's sitting on. Yeah. It's done really well. And then, yeah, Danny, so she tells Uncle Dan as she's calling him that, like, I I got, like, she tells him, you need to come and help me, but he still doesn't want to do it. But then he dick visits him again, and he almost traps him in a box. <laughs> Yeah, because he's just kind of like... He's like, hold on, Doc. It's me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, how many boxes do you have? And he goes, oh, he, he lost count or something. But it's like every ghost that has visited him from the Overlook. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And to which, I think at this point, they're kind of... Almost all of them are basically locked up virtually. Yeah. But he's like, why are you here? And he goes, I wanted to talk to you. You need to help that girl. Because I... I just like how I needed to help you. Yeah, you need to pick up the mentor thing, which uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> carry the torch. Which I can't help but think that some of this drew inspiration from the way that they went from the novel and the Last Jedi. Yeah, in a sense of reluctancy, the yeah. master coming back in a more powerful form mm-hmm. and saying, you know. But I feel like the doc- doctor sleep did it much better. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and it felt more sentimental and necessary yeah which you know i i like the idea because you know with luke it never felt real or genuine it just felt like out of nowhere where everything that we got to at this point with danny and knowing his past and even if you didn't see the first shining movie just to see Mm -hmm. the alcohol addiction would be enough to say i understand why you don't want to deal with this you have a psychic kinetic power that literally gives you all the hell of the world yeah because there's still something he's running from yeah in a sense but he wakes up billy and they go and abra tells him where the uh the baseball kid is buried because um one of the members of the like shine killer group was wearing the baseball mitt for a long time you all right there yeah okay so she's like i can track them with that if i have that i can track them so they go and they dig up the baseball kid's body they both throw up as which is the most understandable reaction to seeing a child's dead body as there is well also imagining the smell as well yeah well and billy he's like freaking i gotta give it up to the guy because he just trusts danny like at this point like trusts whatever he says and he's like i mean if you're wrong that just means you're crazy but if you're right what the heck does that mean like he's very what am i getting myself into but also this is my best friend so yeah Mm -hmm. but then they bring the mitt to abra and her dad her mom's out of town visiting the grandma and the dad immediately thinks that uncle danny is a pedophile which you would well yeah at that this era as well yeah i mean and, and it's weird to a just have a random white dude sitting at your door to because mm-hmm. in a sense you know not saying ginger but you know it's it's weird to have More an races. older yeah yeah it is weird to have that and to be in a, a guy you've never community yeah. yeah and a guy you've never met before and your daughter is calling him uncle yeah which can be a, a multitude of uh weird things mm-hmm. and he's like did you show him i told you to show him no i told him that's not the same thing show him and she shows her dad that and he freaks out 
And then, like, he starts drinking. And I love this scene because he offers both of them a drink. And both him and Bill, who are recovering alcoholics, are like, no. <laughs> and they're like, eh, let's not start down that path. Nope. So then they, like, they're going to set a trap. And th- I love this part because it makes it seem like the girl is, um... They make it seem like the girl is by herself at this campground. But then they inject, like, a needle into her, and it turns out they just injected it into a bunny, because she never left the house at all. And that that's also a very Last Jedi thing. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, is something that always drove me nuts about Star Wars, and I, mm-hmm. like I said, I think a lot of the elements that were in that movie were done so much better in Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made a lot more sense. Exactly. It wasn't so out of nowhere, and it was much cooler yeah yeah because it adds to how powerful the shine is and how much it kind of really makes up the universe Mm -hmm. but they're having like but when the trap gets sprung bill and uh danny start shooting at the killers with guns and they start shooting back but they're like they're perched they're they're at higher altitude they're hiding behind trees the other people are basically just shooting blind and they end up killing like all of them almost but then, as he's about to shoot uh, Snakebite Anne, she, like, starts, she starts, like, mind-bending him, which he's obviously harder to, but she's still very strong. Yeah. And it's enough for, like, this part I hated, because Bill shows up last second to save Dan, shoots her, and she, with her dying breath, looks at Bill and says, shoot yourself. And I, this is my reaction. Oh no, oh no. Like I covered my mouth and screamed because I was like, no, really? And he shots, he shoots himself in the head and it sucks. And Dan's like feeling it too because this is like. This is the second mentor that's died on account of his this ability. This is his best friend and he feels like him dying also is his fault because this is the guy who took a chance on him eight years ago. He could have just blown him off and been like, oh, that's a stranger, whatever, and just and been, still been alive. Didn't even have to show him that there's always a chance at redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bill just has, like, such a good heart, too, because he's like... I know it's possible that I can die if I come with you, but yeah. I'm going to do it anyway because well, you would do sense for me. And he's like, those people killed this kid, and, and he... They need to be and, stopped. Well, yeah, well, yeah, his reaction is, no, no people would do this. Those aren't people. Like... He understands, like, justice needs to be done, regardless of if he knew this kid or not. But Bill dies, which freaking sucks. I hated it so much. And to top it all off, the crow's not there. And uh, Abra's like, where's the crow? And then she wakes up out of her trance, and the crow has killed her dad, broken into her house, and takes her. So it's very much a bittersweet thing, because on one hand, only two of the killers are left. But on the other hand... You lost your dad, and Danny lost his best friend. Yeah. But then she, he's driving her to a place to meet with Rose. Because Rose didn't go with him because he was like, you're way too invested in this. You're not going to make right decisions. So Crow's driving her back. And then Danny, because Abra's not strong enough, she's still sedated. So Danny takes over her body. And they have, like, a crazy good conversation that it's one of... It, you need to watch it. You need to watch it yourself to get this conversation. It, it is masterful. It is so good. In all of its entirety. But then, like, he... Ch- As Abra, Danny chuckles, and 
Crow's like, what is it? And he goes, he's like, you have a immortality complex. It makes sense that you wouldn't wear a seatbelt. And then he puts his hands up, turns into the left, the, the wheel turns, he runs into a car and flies out of it. And I was like, yes, that was awesome. And now Rose is pissed. Because <laughs> that was, for all intents and purposes, at least from our point of view, that was pretty much her husband. Like, for eternity. <laughs> in which I literally laughed audibly, because I'm yeah. like, that's what you get for being a bitch. Exactly. That's what you get for being an asshole. <laughs> but I just love that. Of course you wouldn't wear your seatbelt. See ya, Liz! <laughs> and then, and after, after, I forgot this part, but it's so important. After Bill dies, Danny goes back to his apartment, almost falls off the wagon, but doesn't. Good job for you. Yeah. He takes the bottle, he's about to drink out of it, but then he just throws it against the wall, and I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I don't know, it, it's crazy to think that in this movie about psychic cannibals, for me, still one of the highest stakes was, is Danny gonna start drinking again? <laughs> Which, again, like I said, is, it really emphasizes the importance of addiction. Yeah, it is. But Danny goes, and he gets Abra, and he's like, she's, Rose is coming. So, we're going to go to a place that feeds off of Shiners, which is, of course, as we know, the titular Overlook. Yes, which is something that made me squirm in my seat because that was undoubtedly so the best. Well, my, my question before I saw this movie when I was going in is, are they going to show Jack Torrance again? And are we going to get like mm-hmm. at least maybe a look of him still frozen? Yeah. But then I was like, you know, the probability of that, of them of seeing closing. The yeah. Well, because the other thing is we wouldn't still see him frozen. Because the snow would melt at some point. <laughs> That's true. You were wondering if we would see at least a skeleton. Well, I still would have thought, too, that maybe that's not always the case. Because mm-hmm. the fact that the Overlook is haunted. It is a place mm-hmm. of death and despair. Yeah. So, since it really is on its lonesome, doesn't mean the snow could have always melted. It could have been that because of what happened there... It, it's just perpetually snow-covered? I would have bought that. Always. And, you know, that's not the thing that happened, but I would have been open to that. Yeah, me too. And it wasn't a letdown to not see Jack's body, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of when I played it in my head, I'm also like, well, if they really did close down the hotel, they prob- hotel, they'd probably sweep the place. Yeah, I'd assume. And I'd assume that they probably got that to see a corner, and, you know, they wouldn't believe Danny, and I'm pretty sure him and Wendy came up with another story, but I'm pretty sure they'd be like, well, why the hell was your husband and father trying to kill you? Yeah. Must have been cabin fever. Exactly. And... Not anything, like, not the place is haunted. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously... You know, even in real life, there are some people and events that just cannot be explained, but you have to come up with a legal reason. But there are a lot of people that will tell you that work in that kind of work that will, they'll say, I believe the actual story that somebody told me because I've seen something like it before. But officially, my statement Mm -hmm. has to be something that is in the bounds of, quote, reality. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But I will say them doing not even using the same thing doing an overture and a reprise of the, the theme. original theme was like hearing bow, bow, the bow, bow. which was like hearing the star trek 09 reprise theme of the tv show mm-hmm. it was absolutely chilling yeah. in the best way of 
I am so excited. And for that reason, I'm also glad that they did not destroy the Overlook Hotel in the first, in one. The first one, like they, Stephen they, King did in the novel. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, regardless of the book and where the book goes with Dr. Sleep the, compared to The Shining... The Overlook Hotel is something that's so iconic that it can't just be destroyed in a movie. Yeah. It is one of those things that plays a very important role, I think, in Stephen King's universe, much like Derry. Mm-hmm. You couldn't destroy Derry to try and get rid of Pennywise because it would be... It it just wouldn't be. You yeah. know what I mean? It'd I be like you. destroying Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. So, seeing that... And, and they really... I think they use the Stanley Hotel again. Yeah, they do. 100% they do. Um, which is also great, and probably really great. I have a friend uh, who I said, like, in The Shining, that she she's from that area and used to go there. So I'm pretty sure a lot of the locals were pretty happy to the get bad. a chance just to yeah. see that. And I'm pretty sure the owners were like, uh, hell yeah, let's let's oh, do it. That'd be they, great. They, they either would have had to shoot that scene last or... Or had all the townspeople who saw the truck sign NDAs. <laughs> no recording. Yeah. No saying anything. You do not say that, that this movie is getting made. <laughs> yeah. But it, it definitely was something that I think people knew because of the novel. But it, it, it is a great uh, homage to to bringing back uh, the feeling of The Shining. And it's so great. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like revisiting, you know... A place that's terrible from your childhood, mm-hmm. but also feeling a sense of comfort that that's what molded you into what you are today. Exactly. Exactly. So then he um, he has her wait in the car and watch for Rose because he has to go into the hotel and quote unquote wake it up. And we see that as he's walking in through the doors, Danny, and the, the chandelier lights come back on. He sees his father's typewriter still in the same place. Paige is still there. Which, one note to make, too, is that the hotel is boarded up. Like, it is mm-hmm. closed. It has been abandoned. Yeah. So then he goes into um, the bar, and you hear a bartender's voice, and he goes, my name's Lloyd. But then it pans out later, and we see that it's his dad. Like, it has the face of his dad. It's not Jack Nicholson. No, but they got somebody who actually... I don't think... They, they did not do... A CGI at all. They no. literally just got somebody who looked. Which I, I like that. Like him. And let me look that up who who it is real quick because it's mm-hmm. giving me crap right now instead yeah. of just doing what I ask it to do. Um, but they have this conversation about his mom and about when she died and about his substance abuse and how Jack saw it as medicine. Like, this is what you get when you have a stressful life and you have a family life. This is your reward. This is medicine. And he goes, no, you have to be better than that. And he, like, the ghost of Jack, like, throws the drink. And it's like, again, it's 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 one of those things you got to watch. Because we could not, we could not give it justice quoting it back even if we tried. Yeah. Uh, Henry Thomas is the one who played, uh, who filled in for um, Jack in the bar scene. And he looks pretty identical. I think they did maybe like a little bit of makeup work. But other than that. The hair. Um, yeah, other than that. But he was in E.T. He is in The Haunting of Hill House, which is really That's cool. That's cool. I forgot who he plays in there. I think he plays an addict in there, too. I think he plays the addict brother in there. Interesting. Um, 
So for those of you who have seen it, I'm still watching through it, and it's been a while. I'm on episode six. So for those of you... Jeez. You uh, got to catch up on that so you can watch the new show. They're not related. Oh, they aren't? Well, I know they're not, but I'm sure that'll make I would like to finish it. Haunting of Hill House first, though. Yeah. For Bly Manor, is it? Haunting of Bly Manor. Bly Manor, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's been in E.T., The Haunting of Hill House, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, Jared's oh. Game... Gerald's game. Gerald's game. Um, he's also been in Seiko Four apparently, mm. uh, and he's in the new Star Girl series. And also, it looks like he's in the Haunting of Bly Mansion as well. So they must tie together. There you go. Now you know. <laughs> some of them, so I'll keep that in there. But unless it's a thing where they use the same players. No, it looks like they got an entirely different cast. Okay. I don't think they're trying to do a. Um, trying to do a. Uh, um, what is it? American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Yeah. No. And apparently, on one other side note, because I just want to say, because it's cool, he also did a, he started the Moby Dick um, 1998 film with Patrick Stewart, which cool. I did not know that Patrick yeah. Stewart was in there, so that's pretty cool too. That's awesome. He plays Captain Ahab, of course. Yeah. But, um, so he, he starts walking through the hotel some more, he goes into the titular apartment, and as we're doing that, we see that the characters who are supposed to be Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall's characters, they're recreating the scenes from the movie with also the kid who's playing young Danny. And that's a really nice touch as well. But you see the titular axed door. He puts his face in it for a second, which is a nice little nod thing. Nod thing? But then after he's done, Abra says that Rose is almost here. So they get set up, he grabs an axe, which, the same axe that his dad was using, presumably. Yeah. I'm assuming... Which is, you know, which is one of the best things. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the best part, next to the axe, is when you see Danny look through the hole that his dad created yeah because he never saw that he knew what was happening yeah that's true but the sense that and, and this is why i love you mcgregor his mm-hmm. face is so intense like yeah. he was actually danny lloyd you and he was jack Torrance. no oh like he was this danny kid. lloyd as a kid the actor who played danny originally when he was a kid it was almost like he played little Danny, uh, Danny Torrance, and was looking back at like the old film set. It yeah. really felt like he saw, it but when not he put with his much glee. <laughs> yeah, terror. And that was the thing. I felt so much emotion, and that is why it is hands down mm. even better after you've seen in the trailer because it really held so much emotion. Like he is revisiting a place. And is remembering and piecing together and just being like, oh shit, this happened and it yeah. is worse. Mm-hmm. Because being in a place that you have memories like that is always ten times worse than thinking about it. Exactly. Exactly. But in a sense, I think, you know, giving just that look, it gives me the fact that he got some realization. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's acting style for this, his face says a lot. Yeah. And I, and I do not think that was a mistake. I don't think that was a that was a uh, just a him choice I think that was also a Mike Flanagan choice 100% um, so definitely Ewan McGregor was undoubtedly hands down the right choice to play Danny Torrance for sure uh, especially in these intense scenes that we're going to be talking about next yeah uh, in the Overlook yeah so 
Rose comes in and Abra and Danny are there. And then her and Abra kind of get in this like psychic battle in the uh, maze where Abra's like, she's looking at her, talking to her, but Abra keeps running up behind her and slicing at her legs. And it's such a great shot and it genuinely scares me. <laughs> yeah, and it gives you the sense of paranoia of this mm-hmm. time it's not Jack, it's somebody that, you know, has figured out this maze in just a matter of seconds. Exactly. Exactly. So then, but then Rose kind of breaks out of that and Abra goes running. And then we get a reverse thing of the stair scene. Because Danny's walking backwards, holding the axe tentatively, while she's walking towards him with that weird, like, hand movement and dialogue. Yeah, the 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 the, the homage to the originals. It's so good. But then he swings at her, misses, but then he gets her in the shoulder. But then she, like, gets the axe into him, knocks him down the stairs, and uses the axe and stabs her his uh, femoral artery. Oh, one thing I wanted to say. When she entered the hotel, she saw the blood coming out of the uh, elevator. She was not phased by it at all. She smiled, actually. Because she's like, I know what place this is. I know what kind of place this is. And it it's so creepy. And shows just how disturbed of a person she is. But also mm-hmm. shows just how comfortable she is with her nature of, I am one of you. Because yeah. I believe that the, the way uh, Ferguson uses her facial gestures too it, it's almost as if she's been there before exactly but she believes that she belongs there she believes she's one of the spirits that is part of the overlook mm-hmm. so then as they're fighting he gets stabbed in the femoral which as everyone knows a lot of bleeding there and then she sticks her thumb in it and while she's doing that she's causing pain so he's like He's leaking Spewing out, out sh- shine. Yeah, yeah, the shine. But his is like, because it's older, because she explains the older you get, the more contaminated it gets. So it's more of a gray-brownish color than white. Yeah. So she's, he's, she starts breathing it in, and she's like, it tastes like whiskey, but, uh, but as she, he's doing that, she goes into his mind and sees the boxes, and she's like, what's in there? And he goes, oh, you'll see. And they're hungry. And all of the boxes open, and all the Overlook ghosts show up, and they grab Rose, and they're just like, they're putting their hands inside of her face. And like, it's, it's very terrifying. It's like the Oculus poster. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen the Oculus poster, uh, where they have the hands over the eyes, but it's under the girl's skin. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, everyone's there. The twin girls, the dude with the... Gap in his head. Axed head. Uh, the Blowjob sha- Bear, I think, too. Was Blowjob Bear there? I didn't see him. I think he was out of the costume for that. Oh, okay. But we get, yeah, and the shower lady. But you get all, pretty much every single victim. All the ghosts that have been haunting Danny for years that he locked away. And they get her, and they kill her. But then, the sad part is, he can't, he can't box them anymore. Because there's too many of them at once. And he gets possessed by the hotel. Which is the great scene because after his triumph and victory, mm-hmm. uh, they all turn to him and are like, well, now we're going to fuck you over for exactly. locking us in those boxes. So just because you fed us doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he starts chasing Abra with the same limp his dad had holding but the axe. with the blue eye, which yeah. was the most iconic because 
you know, it's one of those things that I don't think people appreciate enough. Like, I don't think people really appreciate how much work went into portraying, like, the Terminator, for instance. Exactly. With Robert Patrick, like, you know, he had that certain run. Mm -hmm. It was a very robotic, very unhuman-like run. Exactly. So to to have, you know, the stagger the same as really side-by-side almost as Jack Nicholson was absolutely amazing to see you and, you know, and holding the axe the same. Yeah. And he's, like, yelling Abra the same way that Jack was yelling his name. Like, yeah. It's amazing. And she... She sees some of the ghosts. She goes into room three, or... 237. 237. Bad choice, because she also sees Shower Lady. I'm glad when she does see it. She she does see the twins, I believe, too, at one point. Yep. But she sees Shower Lady, and Shower Lady is just straight old Shower Lady. Yeah, she's already molded and gross. Yeah. And then he shows up, and he's like, I'm the hotel. And she's like... She's like... You possess the wrong person. You know who you are and says all this stuff. And then she's like, do you know what he did to you before? And and he's like, what? And she's like, he turned on the boiler room. And then he comes back for a second and she goes, come on, we got to get out of here. And he goes, no, I have to hold them back. You get out of here. And he goes to the boiler room and sees his mom. And then he turns into his young self. And the place explodes, and Danny Torrance dies, and it's a bittersweet ending, because while he did stop those horrible people, and destroyed the place of his greatest sadness and regret, he's, and saved Abra, he's he still gone. He did lose everything again, mm-hmm. but this time he it had It was not peace. regrettable, it was good, yeah. And, and when, he got to be with his mom again. The what, only positive influence he's had in his yeah, life this which whole time. Which we have to say, though, one of the other things, too, is that uh, we did breeze over, is that one of the most important things, too, is that he did see his mother die. He did not go to her. I said that. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's, he watched her die, and, like, every time he saw her, like, flies kept surrounding her the closer she was to her death. Okay. He was talking with that with his dad to try and to try and get some sympathy That's from right. his dad's ghost, and he was like, "I don't care." <laughs> well, at that point, it wasn't Jack anymore. It was just fully on, full on the hotel. Yeah, um, which I think, given like the realization I said the last Shining videos that Jack really just, you know, it was his addiction. I, Cooper can be whatever he wants and say whatever he wanted. I still believe that he became a part of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I think that further proves the point. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't just an allude to being there because it's Jack. I think mm-hmm. it was to show that the people who are taken by the hotel are the next people who keep the hotel. Exactly. Um, and then uh, a spoiler for the book that I just want to put out there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is that feel free to skip over this, but, uh, the book has a very different ending for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. There is no explosion, which the explosion for the hotel was supposed to be both Danny's closure and a homage to the, uh, to well, the, of the uh, shining ending of the shining ending in Dr. Sleep. He does live and he goes back yeah. to being a hospice um, doctor, being a hospice doctor and lives happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like the darker ending, but what I also liked is that, you know, Dick had a very limited amount of time that he could come back to the physical realm 
And I kind of like the idea of, like, forced ghosts in that sense. Yeah, because we see later Danny's talking to Abra as a ghost. Yeah, and telling her to continue, and I'll be here for you as much as I can, mm-hmm. but eventually... Well, because, and he also tells her, like, there's no way. There's no way it was just those people who were the gang. Like, you're still going to have people finding you, especially because of how powerful you are. Yeah, they'll find you through through the shine. But I also like how this is, I will not always be here. Yeah. But I will do my best to help guide you. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it gives you the idea that, you know, the shine is kind of like the force. It's Everybody has a little bit, um, but it is something that you can expand upon and it's something that connects us all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we get that nice, like, student scene at the end because she sees the naked lady in her bathroom and she closes it the same way young danny did which gives the implication that she's going to start trapping the ghosts again and she is she's on the path to become danny and it's the same with just her mom being around but it's like less toxic version mm -hmm. she and more she she doesn't feel the need to hide anymore yeah and what what is great is I do like the mirroring that her father died because it gave her a challenge to overcome mm-hmm. and it gave her the same sense of how important embracing who you are and to not run from your problems like Danny did exactly which he expresses to her a lot mm-hmm. maybe not directly well at first but... he tells her to run but eventually he's like yeah you got to face your challenges yeah so overall this is I, I like great movie. You know, I, I'll say that personally, I liked it more than The Shining. Yep, we will get crucified. We both agree with this. But, you know, you have to remember, too, that this is a an amazing follow-up. Mm-hmm. Same with Endgame, which a lot of people crucify for that because they're like, eh, it's not that good. Well, no, it's a, it's a part two. And I think yeah. the second act of something that is over 40 years old mm-hmm. and having something that comes up to it is definitely something that really made this movie and really sticks out being that's 40 years old and that something could be made to it and loosely based on the novel and still work exactly it really shows how well mike flanagan's directorial directorial style is as he's done oculus and many other movies just to give you a list because i haven't seen oculus yet i haven't seen all that i need to rewatch it i did not appreciate it as much as the time so i'm going to definitely rewatch that Mm -hmm. but uh besides haunting of hill house and the haunting of uh blind Blind manor He's also done Gerald's Game, Hush, Ouija, Origin of Evil, which is uh, underappreciated in my opinion. That's apparently the only good Ouija. (laughs) Yeah. Before I Wake, I Know What You Did Last Summer 2016, which apparently has Victoria Justice. I don't know. I never Hmm. remember that. I didn't even know Uh, that existed. Deborah, Seer Evil, and uh, Obscenita. Okay. Um, It looks like those are the things that he's done in terms of movies. And he's also wrote a couple of books as well so um yeah i mean overall this is this is an absolutely amazing movie and there's no reason to crucify it or not see it mm-hmm. for sure because it, it really is just a an amazing follow-up with a director who knew what he was doing and knew what he wanted exactly and he got the acting power uh and uh kyla absolutely fantastic fantastic actress i'd love to see her more she really showed her acting chops and especially to be thrown in such a big role like that just going from uh lion king i believe it's a in her profile broadway and an indie film so to be thrown really onto that spotlight 
and into something, a Stephen King universe and something so big and really not have anybody else to guide you through that from the original. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, really shows her acting chops and she did an amazing job. Everybody on that film seemed so real. Yeah. Everything seemed very connected and very well paced Uh, from the horror to the homages. It was just a great time all around. So if you haven't, definitely, definitely check this out. Uh, I felt like, you know, with the, with the Shining, we felt that need to come after because of how good it is. And obviously, Winter Style has to be as close to Christmas as you can come. Yeah, exactly. So. But I uh, hope you guys had a, a, a good holiday season. Hope you had a good Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you guys celebrate. Hope you have a good New Year. Stay safe. You know, still follow protocols. Yeah. And overall, enjoy. And hopefully the show will be uh, just as just better next year hope so new year more hopefully better stuff and uh thank you all tonight for listening on anchor or spotify if you have done or if you are on our youtube channel thank you for joining that check out our instagram if you haven't which we will put in the link in the description as well as our facebook group that we are running where you can talk amongst yourselves and let us know what movies you want Mm -hmm. i will also be making a uh horror and movie uh, kind of channel or I mean group on Facebook that you guys can follow chat amongst other horror fans and stuff like that so feel free to join that yep. when um, that's up like comment subscribe it does help us out uh, and it ring the bell to get notifications whenever a new episode comes out and it helps uh, helps you guys uh, stay in touch with us and what we're doing yeah and it helps keep this show going because you know it, without knows? you guys it's not possible. Yeah, and who knows if we get enough tread and we're able to do this as a stable job, we'll be able to bring you more stuff. More shows, yeah. bonus episodes, maybe merch, who knows. Yeah, and it'll be really fun. And you, those of you who are listening to us right now, thank you for supporting us. It does mean yeah. a lot. Without, without, like we said, without this show, uh, it could be possible. Also wanted to make a quick note, um, depending on uh, when I get it out, uh, feel free to check out Ice Super N Films and Ice Super N Productions, which is my uh, personal thing. As I am a film student, I am also making shorts. So feel free to check those shorts out. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably by January, you guys will get a couple of good treats and goodies on that. So mm-hmm. feel free to check those out as well. Uh, and if uh, you like what you see, let me know. Let us know. And we can. Any maybe... input is helpful, as long as it's, you know, constructive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, feel feel free to be able to talk to us because I would be more than happy yeah. to come on here and do a live stream. I don't know if you want to see to hear what I was thinking while I was doing these shorts, mm-hmm. while doing my shorts. So feel free to comment on that. But I think without further ado, enjoy yeah. your holiday. I believe this should be coming out on New Year's. So this uh, this has been twenty twenty for our show. It started way earlier this year. Kind of took a beat there. Thank you, COVID. But uh, yeah. all in all, I, I think I'm happy with what we've done so far. I'm happy with what we've done so far. I'm very happy that uh, we've made this become a reality. And hopefully you guys will be uh, only continue to grow and make that a bigger yeah. reality. So. The future is is a mystery, but it's also very exciting. So I'm very happy about this. It is. And we will bring you guys, I would like to say, what we'll be bringing to them to next month. Yeah. We will be bringing you guys a fantasy series. We will be bringing you all sorts of the cool. I don't want to spoil them because that wouldn't be fun. No, why would we? We got to keep you anticipated. 
But we will be doing uh, two months worth of uh, fantasy genre films. Yay! So that'll be very fun. I hope you won't be disappointed. And for those of you who know these movies from uh, the older generation, hopefully this will reach some of the younger generation so they can realize uh, what we intended for this podcast. To reach and keep some of those older, more amazing movies alive. Yeah, we got got over half of next year uh, all scheduled out, which is... yeah awesome and don't want that discourage you from letting us know because the schedule can always change and we can always add and do what you guys want to do Mm because it is dedicated to you guys so thank you all for such a great 2020 sorry that it took so long to get back but i am happy that we finally got to come back and uh do this again and to give you guys what you wanted and hopefully it can only get better from there yeah only way we're gonna get through these hard times is together yeah so have a great uh, have a great evening if this is uploaded on New Year's. Uh, if it's uploaded before that, still be safe. I hope you guys had a great uh, holiday because yeah. everybody celebrates it differently. For the love of God, don't be stupid. <laughs> yes. Enjoy being with your family and friends or whatever you do for the holidays. But most importantly, stay safe, stay healthy. And <coughs> Sorry. I can't. No appara- time I apparently, I can't stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was awesome. I can't think of any better way to end the show. (laughs) Well, now you got to work on your health for 2021. And remember, guys, the year is right around the corner. And always make sure that you guys are working for a better new year. Yes, and eat your vitamins and drink your calcium. (laughs) And drink some eggnog. You drink some eggnog. For the love of God, drink some eggnog. Yeah. For those out. I don't don't support the people who are like, it's gross. No, it's delicious. Eggnog is delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, thank you guys all for watching and uh, or well, listening, depending on where you are. And uh, enjoy your holiday. And we will hear from you guys next year. So long, everyone. Bye bye.